This conversation is brought to you in part by Splendid by Porvenir. With promotional consideration from Volcano Produce. Greetings and salutations, my friend. Welcome. I appreciate you all hanging out with us. I truly hope you're having a great day today. You know, that's my wish for you every day. I wake up every day hoping the world finds just a little bit of peace and love and happiness. We all start walking down a path in life that uh, uplifts our neighbors and our communities and everybody else. We're going to do that today, kids, because I got a cool guest that's here with me today. I'm excited about Ashley hanging out with us a little bit today and sharing what she's up to. Without further ado, I'm just going to quit Soapbox. Let's get this girl up on the screen and get talking to her a little bit and start chit-chatting because I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Please, everybody welcome the author of How to Become a Gardener, Finding Empowerment and Creating Your Own Food Security. Guess that's how it got my interest, guys. Please welcome the Mocha Gardener, a.k.a. also known as Ashley Thomas. Welcome. Thank you so much. And what an intro. That's, I feel so nice. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I, I know that this is going to be a wonderful conversation. I mean, you've got the Swiss chart in the background. It's already lighting up my day. Um, and yes, I am having a wonderful day. The sun is out. Um, I start my days off with gratitude and I have a lot to be grateful for. I have a lot to really just reflect on and it's spring it's growing season so i know yeah. <laughs> i know we're going to talk about all of that you know and before we do i want to preface a little bit before we dive into it we, we chat about this a little bit earlier when your publisher reached out to me and 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 pitched me the book i thought you know i i, I started looking at it i looked at it, it's like you know how to become a gardener and the first thing i thought of and 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 told you you know beg forgiveness for my initial thought was like okay it's like put a seed in the ground buy a rake type of deal and then when I got another line lower and saw the empowerment and creating your own food security, I thought, all right, I got to stop and pause this. So I started reading through it a little bit and got my head wrapped around. I sent it out to my team. As I shared with you, I sent it out to my team. Everyone on my team fired it back like instantaneously within an hour. Everybody's like, get her on the show, get her on the show. And when, and when the publisher sent me the book and I got into it, I started reading it. It's like, this is beyond the run to Home Depot to buy a plant of seed, right? This is about life. This is about a journey. This is about a connectivity to food. This is why food security matters, what insecurity means, mm -hmm. all these different things about valuing food, all the things that I believe we need to continue this conversation. So it was not hard for us to lean in and go, come on, Ash, get on the show. We want you here because we want to talk about this and let people see the difference that they can make in their lives in understanding the value of food. And I think you've done such a beautiful job with this book of outlining that. We're going to get into that a little bit, but, but outlining that to people in a mannerism that isn't about just plopping the seed in the ground. It's so much deeper than that. And I, it, it's powerful. Your book is really cool. And I'm just, again, honored that you're here. And I'm looking forward to hanging out and chatting with you today. That's so, thank you so much. That warmed my heart. And I can't wait to talk about it uh, because honestly, there are many of us that view the garden in a very holistic way. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I, I think that there are materials out there in the world where people are able to really kind of paint this picture of this holistic view of gardening. Uh, but yes, I believe that this conversation coming forth is going to, we're going to really dive into that a bit more. We are indeed. Before we get going, like I do with all my guests, if you wouldn't mind, give everybody just a quick little journey in bio and tell them, you know, why you're sitting in North Carolina today and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's going on? Yes, sure thing. Um, so I am, I, I, I like to think about, you know, how do I want to introduce myself? And, you know, I think about the things that I value. I'm a wife. I am a, a lover of nature. I'm a lover of people and, and, and things out in, you know, just missions and serving others. Um, I have been a nature person for many years. I mean, I grew up where we played outside and I made mud pies and I played with the turtles and all of those things and really just kind of understood the way things work just from outside, outdoors, being outdoors. Um, I have a background in biology and chemistry. I was in the research sector for about eight years, um, went into research management. So I was uh, went from designing vaccines to uh, managing therapeutic pro uh, portfolios. And I started to ask the, the bigger question, which was, you know, these things that I'm passionate about, how do I, you know, translate it into impactful work? Um, I was very passionate about 
uh, food security and seeing health and greater health and wellness in my community. But I actually wanted to do something about it. You know, like I didn't want to just talk about it, but how do you make your lip service translate to your life service? Yeah. Uh, so I eventually, you know, really thought about, you know, access, food access, something that I had been working in alongside of my research in, in therapeutics. Um, and I said, you know, this is what I want to, I, I can't, this is, these are things that keep me up at night, um, but things that I enjoy keeping me up at night. How do I make this so that I can dive in fully uh, and make this my life service? So I transitioned fully uh, into not just gardening, but also health coaching. I went uh, to school to, to back to school to become a health and wellness coach. And uh, that is exactly what I do. And I combined that, merged that in with gardening to help people to understand how do you uh, transition your, your, your dietary habits in a way that helps you to not just survive, but to thrive. Uh, so I'm really concentrated in the chronic disease space. But more importantly, I'm a family person. I love being out in my community. I love my hands in the dirt. All of that technical stuff is fun, but I like to actually do the work and I love to, uh, you know, be a support to my community and my family. I love it. Well, and, and, and this, this roadmap that you've written is, is really, a, I, I think, such a great part of community and a way that communities can come together, um, you know, whether, whether it's a hundred by hundred acre plot and 30 families are going out there planting, flat, whatever the case may be, there's just such yeah. a connection that the earth provides us that we don't, again, we take for granted in a lot of ways. Cause you know, I say it all the time. We just don't value our food. Like we should, we don't think hard enough about yeah. food insecurity and food security and what that means, et cetera. Yeah. So I want to get into this a little bit, but you know, uh, I, I want to start by uh, reading a quote and talking to you about it that you have in the book. And it's a quote from Lori yeah. Kranz. And I thought this was a great place to start our conversation. The quote is, says, when you feel like everything is out of control, what nurtures better than planting a seed with the promise of bounty and the health that comes from it? So I'm going to open up my first question and ask you, what's that mean to you? Yep. So I, I think about just society. I, I was in a high performing you know, career and, you know, I'm still just kind of high performing. That's just the way of our society. We want to, we want things to go right. We want things mm -hmm. to go perfectly. We're all about risk mitigation and, and all of these things. And so I thought about just how life can throw you curveballs and, you know, we don't know what to do when things, when things are out of control, we don't know what to do, but I think that gardening has taught me to, to really still my mind. And to recognize just operating in this space that I did not create. I did not create nature. Um, nature created me, as a matter of fact. And I think it's really understanding my role in this world and recognizing that even when society and all of these things in the world is just completely chaotic, coming back to what is true, coming back to what is organic, it has a way of nurturing the mind, the body, and the spirit. So when we plant this seed, whether that be a physical seed that is going mm -hmm. to, to germinate into a plant or whether it be a metaphorical seed, the things that we plant and the things that we sow can nurture us. So it's just a matter of what do we, what are we sowing in our lives? What are we mm -hmm. sowing around us? And the garden has a way of making me really uh, focus in and, and be a bit more conscious as to what I'm sowing and what I'm nurturing and cultivating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I preach girl. I love it. I absolutely agree <laughs> with you, but you know, you, you made a really great point. I want to come back around and talk about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. People take a walk, right? People go and they take a walk in the trees or they take a walk on a path, whatever they're out in nature. There's a big difference between that and then getting down on your hands and knees or, you know, creating a furrow with a hoe and putting a seed in and watering and caring for it and figuring out what the balance of the soil. There's a much deeper connection when you're growing food to nature, then truthfully taking a stroll through the redwoods, right? Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, would you agree? Yes, because then that's observation versus collaboration. So Correct. are we going to observe nature? Or are we going to be a part of it? And I think gardening helps us to understand it on a deeper level. We, uh, what's beautiful about nature is that we will never fully understand everything. No, And that's humbling at the same time, right? It's like, no, we want to know it all. I want to know as much as I can, but we can spend an entire life truly just diving into everything microscopically and macroscopically mm -hmm. about 
you know, the garden and what we're growing and food. When we watch, you know, when we are able to observe just this tiny seed being planted into the ground and what the amount of time and effort and energy that is required to make this thing, you know, convert from seed to food, you can't help but to appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Splendid by Pour Veneer has long been recognized in the fruit and vegetable industry for its quality, volume, availability, and timely distribution. Did we mention that we have the best mangoes on the planet? Our decades of experience in providing a wide range of superior products throughout the year gives our customers and retailers alike confidence in splendid products to deliver excellence 100% of the time. When only the best should be on your table, trust Splendid's commitment to exceeding your expectations. We are the best because we do it right. Hundred percent. Yeah. No. I. I absolutely. Agree. I absolutely agree. I think it's so important that we learn and remember that we need to work with Mother Nature and not be Mother Nature. Because if we try to be Mother Nature, I promise you she will kick your ass and you will regret it. Right. And we're doing that now. And some of the things that we're doing out there in the world are like, oh, we're a little scary kids. we got to be careful with what we're playing with because we don't know what we're playing with because mother nature has a mind of her own. And we're just here in a moment of time and try to protect her interest and protect the planet's interests, et cetera. So I agree with you hundred percent. You grew up in South Carolina and you had an, you know, an, an interesting upbringing. I want to talk about it a little bit too, because your grandma, your great, you know, you talk about your grandma and your great grandparents being master gardeners. So obviously you got a little influence, you know, as a kid, but nonetheless, you know, share a little bit about what you learned about nutritional diversity and sufficient access to, you know, nutrient dense food as a kid, yeah. because this was something you, this is part of what you dealt with and thought about as a yeah. child. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to even talk about something that I didn't really write in the book because I feel like my life story is a, is a book in itself. Um, however, I, I grew up, I spent my twenties in South Carolina. 20s. How um, old? Are, wait, wait, 20. I thought you're in your 20s. What? what? God. Thank Damn, you. Girl. Yes, you're right. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I spent my 20s in South Carolina. Um, that's when I, you know, was uh, I was a caregiver to to my grandparents at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, I also went to school, undergrad there, and and all that jazz. Uh, but before then, I was born in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. And then my family moved when I was fairly young uh, to Georgia. So I spent, you know, some of my life in Georgia and then the next part in South Carolina. Right. And with that, I, I just talked about this. Uh, Georgia was kind of uh, suburbs, but it was rural leaning, uh, more like the rural suburban area. And it was a food swamp. So any food that was there, it was typically fast food joints. And, right. you know, we're just, I was an athlete and, and at that time, so I'm just consuming things to give me energy to keep going. Sure. Um, once I got to South Carolina, uh, this was a deep rural town. And I talk about this in the book. The city was Effingham, South Carolina. Effingham is, I'm telling you, it, it was like a movie. You know, the little blinking red light or yellow yeah. light. That's all there was. And there's just nothing but, uh, you know, blank space. And and it's really beautiful, very peaceful, super quiet. Um, But we had the little convenience store uh, because and maybe a Dollar General or something like that, uh, which came later. But there's just a convenience store that served as like a split between a gas station. And then everyone would go there for like little bologna sandwiches and fried chicken and things like that. So very rural. But it was in that in these spaces that I realized, you know, what is the what is the quality of food that's available to us? And the reason I started questioning these things is because. You know, many people in my family had chronic diseases and Mm -hmm. I was um, familiar with this from a very young age that, you know, I said I I wanted people to be well. I I didn't want to. I wanted to help people who were sick to become well. And so when I saw this in my family, different people, you know, really struggling with uh, diet related uh, disorders, you know, that that kind of served as the the hum that the, the 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 flame inside of me to really focus on you know food I want people to we I think we need some some type of 
uh, reform in our food, in our perception of what is considered good food. And yeah, that's we when I got into food security, which was when I, uh, you know, later on in my, uh, you know, close to the time I was moving here, I started to realize like I was doing a lot of work in food access and, and without understanding the term food security. Um, so I was doing this because guess what? We, I lacked access. I, hmm. you know, in my family did sure. not have the, the, you know, the, the, we did not have the availability and affordability of nutrient dense food that would help with chronic diseases that was so prevalent in our area. Right. So from there, I really just kind of dived into, you know, once my husband and I moved here to North Carolina, I was like, listen, this is a problem. And um, I realized that it wasn't just my family or my community. This is a global problem. This was a, a national problem, a global problem, even that, you know, what's going on with our food system that we're having this issue and what are the implications? What are the consequences of this? So that was South Carolina for me. And that was the, the defining moment for me to focus and really make food access advocacy my mission. I love it. I think it's great. I, you know, you've, you've hit on just so many push button things for me just now about food security and understanding our food and the food deserts at which we live. And to your point, you can go, you know, there, there's streets in this country that don't have supermarkets on. There's Main Street, yep. City of Baltimore, Main Street's miles long, not a single grocery store on there. It's a quarter market. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's an energy drink and it's a candy bar and it's a bag of chips. Yep. And it's like, and, it, and it's that beef jerky that never goes bad in that tub. Yeah. I don't know. It's just always there, but it's, but it's not winning the day for us as a country. Yep. It's, it's just not. And to your point, you know, you, you take a look at the, the past couple of years and, and the conversation around the word comorbidities have come up. Like, what does that mean in relationship to the I, it's call it COVID now, by the way, I'm trying to make it sexy again. So um, but, you know, in, in trying to make it in relationship to that, when you start to talk about there's four comorbidities to somebody that, that passed because of the virus. Right. That's a big statement that people didn't understand. And it wasn't four to begin with. It was one point something Then it went to two point something. It's a really big problem in our in our country, and food is such a big influence on people's health. And we don't talk enough about it. We don't bring it to the forefront. We live yeah. in a world where grocery stores have five hundred really really good things and five hundred yeah. really really bad things, yeah. and we don't understand a lot of ways of the difference. And, and you've got a comment in the book I want to touch on right now because I think it's relevant to the point that we're on. You, you love the statement it said food security is not a continuum of nonlinear variables for its cause. Share with me a little bit about what that means and what inspired you to, to, to put that together because it's pretty powerful. Yeah. So when we think about food security, uh, one thing that I've often heard from individuals is that, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't relate to, you know, food security doesn't really relate to me or it doesn't resonate because, you know, I, I think I'm fine. I eat every day. And so food security, in my opinion, is not a matter of, great, you're eating every day. That's on the spectrum. Yes. It's, Food security is this, it's, it's like a blob. It's not binary. It's not, are, do you have food or do you not have food? That's mm -hmm. part of it, but it's really just, what are you eating from day to day? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what is motivating you to eat? You know, are mm -hmm. you eating just to get energy? So it's going to be highly processed foods because you're just trying to get through the day. You're going to eat all of those high sugars, uh, high salts, um, you know, ultra processed foods. Or are you, are we sitting down making space to eat wholesome meals throughout the day? Um, what does it look like? And what are some of the barriers there? Um, for me, I think about really just the, we think that Oh, well, it's uh, just affordability, but no, there are four components to that, uh, four factors that can really impact food security, which is affordability, availability, um, um, what affordability, availability, and accessibility. Right. Um, but I also think that there is an element of adhering. Why are we, even if we have access and, and we can afford these things, why are we not choosing these things, which mm -hmm. gets into food preference? So I, I feel like we are all, food security is applicable to all of us because as we've seen in this pandemic, if something happens where you cannot get, you cannot go out to the grocery store to get the foods that you need, you are now food insecure. Your, your food system is now threatened. And so Yes, you. we might be okay. We might think that we are okay with our food, but really 
what I'm posturing is if we could examine the quality of foods that we're eating every day and what that looks like in terms of our health and our well-being, are we truly getting nutritious foods? Are do are you know are we truly uh, you know food secure as we think we are? So food security, uh, there are many different factors um, and many different reasons as to why an individual's food security might be threatened. It's not simply of rural areas. No, there are very complex things, and I didn't want to go too far into details because that's for discussions like these, but. It's an infrastructure, it's a system, and we are all living within that system, which makes it non-linear. Yeah. 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 No, I love it. Well, two things I think about when you, what you just said, A, I, I talk about this all the time because it's just amazing. <laughs> How bad did this country freak out not getting toilet paper? Yep. Right. I mean, we had a freaking meltdown because we couldn't get toilet paper, let alone the food. So one of the challenges I say, and I, I come back around by that statement is that I say to people all the time. Walk into your kitchen right now, open up your cupboards and take an inventory of what's there and ask yourself, how many days worth of food do I have in my house right now? And what happens if I didn't have any more? How would I survive? Yeah. Not yeah. that that's going to be what's happening tomorrow. I'm not some doomsday or flat earth yeah. going down some deep, dark trail. But the reality of it is that is something that we should be thinking about. It is something that yeah. we should be incorporating into our thought process about how we truly value our food. And the other thing I think about when, with what you said, you know, I do a lot of work trying to elevate the conversation in schools about school mm -hmm. nutrition, how important, because school yeah. food matters. And we have, we, we take it for granted in so many ways, but school food is one of the most important conversations I think we can have in this country that, that can influence so much, not only the health of our planet, the, cl the climate, uh, you know, on our planet, um, the educational mm -hmm. opportunities that the better, yep. the better food supplies will give our children. There's so many things that come from it. But when I talk to some of these, these, these school nutritionists and what they're doing, when weather's bad and they can't get fresh stuff and there's issues and whatever, whatever mm -hmm. they can get all the garbage food, the mm -hmm. process with the three, you know, with the big three sugar, salt, fat in them. No problem. Mm -hmm. They're just in warehouses available, not a big deal, but they're struggling to keep up the fresh food. And yeah. I think that goes to your point about what you see in the store, what we choose to buy. It's like, yeah. I think we've got to get to this mindset of like, why is the bad stuff so easy to get and the yeah. good stuff so hard to get? Yeah. Right. It, to me, it's yeah. just, it's like, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Right. And you know, this is, I'm also in grad school now um, because I love food and I love nutrition. I told you like, this well, what, are you what are you doing? What do you stuff? What do you stuff? What you, what are you trying to do? Food and nutritional sciences. Well, so I could have, actually... I was going to guess that, but I thought I'll just let you say it. I was yes. going to be, I was going down that trail somehow. Yes. Um, so I'm actually um, researching uh, really nutrition literacy. Um, and adherence, you know, what, what makes us tick as people, but I found as, you know, being a health and wellness coach, a certified health and wellness coach, I found that we have to understand in order for you to really understand food, you've got to know where it comes from. Right. And so when I think about when I'm walking in stores or when I am even looking at things, being a gardener, it really encourages you to say, oh, well, where did this come from? You right. know, ah, oh, this is a, you know, avocado. Wow, this is great. I, I love avocados, but where did it come from? Because right now we're in snow season. So where did this, you know, where did this, you know, who, who sourced it? Like, how was this sourced? Right. So you start to really, I think that the, that is kind of the preliminary steps to valuing food. Mm -hmm. The effort that goes into producing food. And like you were saying with the schools, you know, these this is an impressionable population so this is where we're starting to oh tiktok yes this is where we're starting to really you know help children young humans to yeah. understand this is what is good food so you need to eat this and can you imagine like having an imprint of what food is from an early age and it starts right there in an educational setting or in this case a school um, so, yeah, some reform there. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, that's what I loved about this book. When you talk about the empowerment of creating your own food security, which I just, you know, is powerful. This is a great book for families to get behind. This is a great book. to It's a very teachable moment. And I want to get into a little bit more about the book itself yeah. now, because I, I, you know, you framed up a, a, a lot about how these seeds were planted. You know, that was a gardening joke, by the way, by saying how these seeds were planted in your mind. Um you know, but, but how that path has changed, you know, really it's changed your life's path. Yeah, it, it truly has. And that's what I find really inspiring about this book because you're all in, right? This isn't just a, 
This isn't just to go how to plant a seed book. This is all in. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the book we can. A, you know, I'll give you a, a two-part question, let you run with it a little bit. A, why'd yeah. you write the book, right? What 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 got you, you know, because writing a book is not easy. It's yeah. just not, you know, I mean, maybe if you're a Stephen King and you've done it about a yeah. hundred times, it's like, all right, I kind of plug and play this, but it's not easy, especially for a first time as well. So sure. why'd you write it and what do you hope that it accomplishes? Yep. So why did I write this book? When I uh, was approached about writing the book, um, because I was approached by a publisher, um, you know, I said, I eventually saw myself writing a book maybe later on in life. But, you know, I think when you are very passionate and very intentional about the work that you're doing, I think it just kind of opens up opportunities. And so I, you know, said, hey, I did some research, um, kind of thought about, you know, what I'm interested in doing. And the food security thing was resonating with people. But one thing I will say is that food security is it can be a buzzword. Um, oh, very 100%. Absolutely. It is. It can be political. It can be all of the stuff, especially, you know, even pertaining to public health. But one thing I realized is that I wasn't just some, I wasn't just looking at a concept and speaking on like this, this was something that I lived. And this mm-hmm. is something that m- many of the people around me are living through. So that combined with training and, and really you know, encouraging myself to, to be, to be educated and to do research in the space. I said, you know, this is a, this is a, a problem, but you know, one thing about me is that I don't like staying in problems. I don't, it drives me crazy uh, to just sit and ruminate on a problem mm-hmm. given I would do that to understand it. Yes. That's needed. But I thought, you know, this is so complex. Like, but how do we fix this? How do we, you know, how do I get communities or how do I get, you know, the society to bring in grocery stores so that we have better food? There has to be a simpler way. How do we bring back power to the people, to the individual? And mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do is, you know, really just thinking about my own journey. Mm-hmm. We're growing the garden so that we can have access. I said, you know, what if we all started to grow or learn how to grow our own foods. Mm-hmm. That could address access, no, uh, on a very micro scale. And, and I know that that's a very simple term, but really it's just, you know, when I'm coaching people, how do we get back that autonomy? How do we get back that empowerment, that self-empowerment to change things for ourselves? So when I wrote this book, um, I thought about a gardener, like, you know, or someone interested in gardening, you know, I could write about, you know, how to grow in the Southeast, but I said, "Mm, what is the, what is the scope of my life? What is the mission of my life? What is my message? This could be an opportunity for me to share a message, a story, uh, something that is relevant to all of us, but we're not trained to think that it is relevant to all of us. Mm -hmm. So I said, how to become a, you know, I want to do gardening and food security, but I did not want to just talk about the garden. I wanted to talk about the individual, which is why I said how to become a gardener, not how to garden, because there is an inner work that has to happen within us in order for us to be true cultivators and nurturers over these green spaces and over these spaces in the world, our communities, you know, societies, countries, things like that. So it was more so me thinking about what it means to be a cultivator, a gardener, a grower in a very holistic sense. Yeah. Well, one of the things about the book I thought was really cool is that you've got other perspectives from other gardeners around the country in your book, and they're a little bit of their journey in, and they share so much of the same um, revelations and the same epiphanies that you have by this empowerment. And, you know, you don't have to have a big plot of land to do much. You can do, you can garden on on a windowsill. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of ways to get started to think about because and what I think about and what I think what you inspired me by this <laughs> book to think about is that it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's again, it's that windowsill. Yep. You know, if you like to cook, you'd have a little basil, maybe you have a little chai yeah. plant, maybe you know, who knows what you have a little something, something yeah. going on in the house. Right. It doesn't have to be crazy. Yeah. But that connection of what you've just done and what you've taken and put into your own body and what you've done yeah. from that perspective, I think is incredibly enlightening to 
I hope inspire and open people's eyes a little bit about the topics we're talking about because food security, to your point, food security is a conversation in a lot of ways that gets very glossed over, yeah. right? It's really a national, it's really a national security priority if you really want to think about it. it right? I mean, it we have a lot of food in this country. Don't get me wrong, we do. We're not a, you know, we're, we're, there's countries that that are very food insecure. We know that, mm-hmm. right? And 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 we're in a country of great access. You know, I talk about this statistic all the time. Our food waste problem in this country is 22 percent of our landfills. It's like yeah. every American throwing away 650 apples, right? So yeah. food security is a very kind of a trippy subject in a lot of ways. But it's really important, I think, that when we think about food security, that we look at it from the angle of like, how does it affect me? How do we work to increase yeah. consumption? How do we open up people's minds? How do we stop buying the crap that's hurting us, causing yeah. the issues like you talk about in your family stuff? So yeah. I appreciate your your perspective on food security. I really, really do. And it if you had a Chris, if you had, if you had, you know, the, the, the Ashley magic wand, do a little Harry Potter moment right now, cast a spell. Give me one thing that you would do right now. Just one magic wand moment. You go, let's fix food security and let's get people empowered right now. What would you do besides read your book? Which of course I hope everybody does because yes. it is going to get, it's because it's incredibly uplifting and inspiring. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. it really is. Um, so I'm going to cheat and say two things. I, I'm going to say connect with people in your community for one to recognize yeah. what you have. And then the next one I'm going to say, if I, it would be to educate people on recognizing that educating people on the types of foods that's available, because I feel like there's the access so part, much. Yeah. Yes. There, there's, it's a mentality. Think about this. It's a, so food is very personal. When we think of food, like food is used to unite. There's food at every situation, whether it be a funeral, a birth, a, look, there's food and it, it, it's part of every single dynamic of our lives. Yeah. And Thanksgiving. So, hello. Yes. It's part of everything. Every holiday there's food, you know, we, we're eating snacks. We're eating, you know, on the job everywhere. And so it, it shows the importance of food, but for some reason, food is also identity. It is our mm-hmm. culture. It is, and, and and if you don't understand the value of food, how can you truly understand yourself? How can we truly understand ourselves as a society, that what we value and all of these things? So for me, it would be to educate people. If I could just take a wand, it would be to quickly educate people on the sources of their food yeah. because I feel like it's hard to unsee something when mm. you start to, when you start to see, uh, when I have kids coming into my garden and they see how a carrot grows or they see how a broccoli grows, that's imprinted in their mind. So if they see something that is very, very large or something that is very, very clean, they're going to say, well, where's the dirt? I've had kids say that, well, where's the dirt on this carrot? Where is, you know, why is that tomato so big? Or why is this thing so massive? And I don't remember that from the garden. So I I believe it would be starting to to work on people's perspective of what good food is. Yeah, Uh, I agree a hundred percent. Well, look, gardens have a lot of in common with humans, right? And and, and they require collaboration, nurturing, respect, and thrive when we work yeah. hard, we give them what you need, you know, whatever we do to give them care. I mean, gardens, bounties are the ability to influence the world. There's no two ways about it. You make you, and you point that out quite well in the book. I mean, you make a lot of, you made a, you make a lot of really good points about the why behind this. Right. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly, um, I think it's incredibly powerful. Talk to me a little bit, um, if you would, more from a personal side of it, how this journey's changed your, you know, your personal health and wellness. Yeah. Well, um, because I, I, I told you lip service, life service. Yeah. Right on. Very, 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 um, that, that is a a value of mine is to make sure that I am practicing what I preach. See, it's one thing to, you know, speak something, uh, but it, gardening, you can't fake it, you know, like, no, well, are you, you really you can, can't but it ain't gonna work out. No, yes, you can't fake it, you know, sustainably, it's either you're growing or you're not. And yeah. so what this, you know, has encouraged me to do this, this whole journey is to really understand, why are you doing this? Mm. But see, I, this is um something that I, I started doing, you know, earlier on is really setting intentions behind why I do the things I do. The why is also the guiding light. So 
even, and this is, it helps to build resilience. Life is going to throw at you curveballs. Nature, I, here in the Southeast, we have tornadoes, hurricanes, all of that jazz. But when you have a guiding light, when you understand your why, it's really hard to keep you from striving forward and to keep, you know, it's really hard to kind of knock you off your rocker. Mm-hmm. The why helps you to understand the intentionality and it helps you to, to view things a bit more with, with, a, with a greater and deeper conscious of everything around you. Yeah. So that is why I actually started my book off with, you know, why are you doing this in the first place? So you want yeah. to become, you know, what, and then, you know, not, I'm not going to just leave you hanging there because as a health coach, I help people to understand in order to value something, you've got to figure out why are you doing this exercise in the first place? Right. So we have to get, you know, in my perspective, for us to begin to look at food differently, let's do some of these micro steps first. Mm-hmm. What is food? You know, what what is this? And who are you as a gardener? And why are you doing this? Why are you planting this seed? And why are you doing it in this space? And, you know, why are you doing the things that you're doing, period? Why are you even passionate about food security? 100%. So I think it, it also checks me um, to make sure that I am showing up authentically uh, and that I'm showing up with intentions to serve others and to make sure that I am also serving myself and growing myself. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Splendid by Porvenir has long been recognized in the fruit and vegetable industry for its quality, volume, availability, and timely distribution. Did we mention that we have the best mangoes on the planet? Our decades of experience in providing a wide range of superior products throughout the year gives our customers and retailers alike confidence in splendid products to deliver excellence 100% of the time. When only the best should be on your table, trust Splendid's commitment to exceeding your expectations. We are the best because we do it right. Yeah, I love it. I, that's eloquently put. One of the things in the book, and I didn't, you brought up kids a little bit. We talked about it. I didn't grab it off top of my head real quick, but I want to now. One of the things you talk about is getting kids' hands dirty. And we yes. live in a world where we, you know, sorry kids to say it, but we got some helicopter parents out there that are like, ah, you can't go. Oh my God, there's dust. Don't, don't breathe. You know, yeah. they get a little bit freaked out. But if we want to change, to your point, if we want to change the narrative in our country around food, if we want to change our climate, if we want to change, besides going and planting a bazillion trees, which by the way, would certainly do a great job of helping us quick. Um, but if we want to change the narrative in our country and improve our health and do all these things, we've got to get our kids, right? Because I say it all the time, my generation, we had our shot. We're doing some really mm-hmm. good things, but yeah, we didn't get it done either, right? And and your generation is going to have a shot and you're going to do some great things, but you ain't going to get it done right either. But I think that in ways that as you get older, you have choices. You either take your wisdom forward or you take your wisdom yeah. and take it backwards, right? And yeah. you know, and, and, and pass on what you learn and, and try to yeah. create change around things that you couldn't get done. And I think the kids part is so important. So talk to me a little bit about <laughs> that and why you feel so important to get these kids, you know, a little dirt under the fingernails, a little mud pie. Nobody ever died from eating a mud pie. They might have. I shouldn't say that like that. I take it back if somebody did. I get I get really shitty letters, but nonetheless, you know, I mean, look, a little mud, a little mud through the through, through the whole through your bloodstream isn't going to kill anybody. I don't believe. Yeah, it. yeah. I I I think I just think about how rich my my childhood was when I played mm-hmm. outside. I learned so much before I even got into school that semester, or you know, that semester. You know, just simply. Uh, you know, learning about frogs, why they're important, when they come out, learning about, you know, the soil, the differences in the composition of soil from, you know, the homes that I lived in, Um, learning about the birds and the mud, the dirt is, or the soil, I will say, because I also made a differentiation between dirt and soil. soil. (laughs) Yes, learning that, you know, there's something about grounding and this is an actual concept that when you are able to have your body against the ground, it does something to your chemistry um, and to your physiology. So when kids are able to go into the soil and touch and get acquainted with something that's so natural, 
given, yes, you want, you don't want them to be sold, but we have to ask ourselves, is it that you don't want them to be, to soil their clothes or you don't want them to come in contact with the dirt? Um, because if that's the case, then let's put on what my mother used to tell me, put on your outside clothes. So go put on your outside clothes, but you learn so much and the air, the sun, all of these things that's giving our bodies what we need. Um, I don't recall getting sick when I was a kid, uh, you know, very often. Um, and a lot of that was, you know, I'm sure I ate stuff. I was curious. I was a curious child. I put stuff in my mouth, but I'm, I'm still here today. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really just, it brings, it, it, it does something to the brain as, as a child's brain develops when you're able to touch and watch and hear and smell and taste all of these senses are being stimulated and outside outdoors playing in the dirt offers that that we try to simulate through through technology um so you you're not able to smell you can only see and hear um but you're missing so many other senses and and i believe that being outside can help to further develop uh a, a child in a healthy way and when you see food my goodness i i've had so many of my friends and 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 you know parents come to our space and you know so they'll say oh you know uh my kid, they just don't eat tomatoes. They, they just don't. I've tried, trust me, I've tried. They will not eat the kale at all. But when I bring them and show them, you know, this is how kale looks, or right. this is what a tomato looks. And I mean, the parents are adamant. They're like, no, no, no. Like, trust me, trust me. They're not going to eat it. I'm like, wait, just chill out. Hold on one Let second. I, I'm not saying I know your kid, but it would be interesting to see what the, how they react once they're able to use all of these senses right. in this space. And it's amazing how many kids come into that space and try the very things that they do not try at home from foods that were bought through the grocery store. They're curious. Mm-hmm. They, they want to taste it for themselves. They want to, you know, I've had them, hey, describe to me, what does it taste like to you? And to hear them, you know, chewing and watching them try to process sure you know, what this food is like. It's an amazing experience for not just the kid, but also for an adult like me to watch this impressionable human start to deconstruct, you know, mm-hmm. their perception of food and now construct how they perceive food. Amazing. It, it, absolutely, I, I, it absolutely is. And, and I think it's so incredibly important and it goes back to what we t- touched on earlier. You know, a, a small pot of, you know, with some soil in it and a little cherry tomato goes a long way in teaching a kid the value of food to the points that we've made and why it matters and getting them involved in what's next. Because I, I just I just don't think that the drive through window should be considered a food source. Right. In that respect. I just don't. I just think that, you know, we have to ask ourselves, how can they make something for ninety nine cents? Yep. It's a fair question. I mean, because it answer it. I mean, how, how do they yeah. do it? And I don't think people are going to have the answer to that. Again, it goes back to my original question. I ask people all the time, how do you value food? It's yeah. a puzzling answer to people. It really is. But I appreciate so much about what you've done with this book of opening up eyes and just coming from a, 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 such a unique perspective about this. Again, it's not how to garden. It is not what this book is. It's becomes how to become a gardener. But again, I go back to the, the, the second point of that title that I think is so incredibly yeah. impactful is finding empowerment mm-hmm. and creating your own food security. And that means so much. Mm-hmm. Again, whether it's a single tomato plant or a basil on, this, on the windowsill or a big garden where you have squash and corn and kids and flour, whatever, right? But yeah. all of that, I think it's just so important that we try to take that moment of pause and reconnect. You know, it, in some way, somehow, we are touching the earth one way or another, every individual on this planet, right? Yeah. And I think we forget that a little bit. And I think we have to get back to understanding that, you know, we're just here for a moment in time. This rock is going to be here past us and was here yeah. long before us. And I don't think we remember that. And I think we act as if it owes us something. And I think that's just incredibly dangerous. It, I definitely agree. Um, and you mentioned something uh, that I wanted to to kind of, you know, touch on. Go. Uh, just the generations um, before, mm-hmm. you know, my generation and the ones that are coming you know, it's, it's perhaps it's not necessarily we focus on, remember, I don't focus on the problem. Perhaps it's not that we focus on what didn't this generation before me do, right. but more so what did you do? Where did you leave off? 
mm-hmm. because it's a relay race. We're passing the baton and we're going to, I want to do my part to pass the baton to the next individual, to the next generation. And so when I'm thinking about, you know, the title, find empowerment and creating your own food security, I'm thinking about how do you search that empowerment out? Like, yeah. where does it come from? You know, who, who, you know, and that's the finding the why that's the doing this inner journey of getting to this place of you start to question everything naturally now, and then you want to actually change it. You want to make a change in your own life. I believe that maybe um, turning, you know, turning or pushing the dial in, in this change-making process, it starts with us, the individual. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. we think like, I want to change the world, but first let me change my world. Because as I'm changing my world, imagine the other people that are going to be touched by watching me as I make the changes. And then next thing you know, they're doing the same and then they're doing the same. And so now we've got a spread like wildfire of people being empowered to change their own worlds. And now everyone is coming together in a like, and uh, in, in, in maybe it's, this is kind of like naive, but I watched this behavior take off. Mm-hmm. So it's really just starting to, you know, be the example, be the change that I want to see. Hundred percent, and I love what you just said because I, think it from this perspective: we get in our cars and we drive, mm-hmm. right? Back of seat of an Uber doesn't make a difference where we are. We we go somewhere. We have literally influenced the world by driving our car from point A to point B, and we don't even mm-hmm. recognize it because we were a traffic light. We turned left. We made somebody stop. We did this. We made somebody stop sign. Take an extra second. All these things. And to your point, when we start thinking about it from the food perspective, it's like, how do we do that? Yeah. Right. We just don't. And, and I just think that, again, the message that you're preaching, the message that you're putting out in this book, the message that you want people to get, I think is so incredibly powerful. And I think this book is a great stop, pause and reflect moment. And I, I I can't encourage people enough to pick it up and and give it as a gift and to be a part of changing this conversation, you know, as you're trying to do by attaching it with community, attaching it with food security, attaching it with your health and all these different things. Again, that little tomato plant can make such an impact difference in your life that you don't even know yet just because it opens yeah. your eyes to so much. It's powerful. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And um, I'm, I'm so excited to just hear that it resonates with so many people. Um, I, I like to guide people and yeah. my book serves as a guide. I'm not here to talk, to preach to you or to talk to you. I'm talking with you. Yeah, right. And I create this visual. I, I've tried to create a visual in the book from start to finish, as if we're walking together, walking yeah. through my garden, walking through gardens of other people, um, to really show that you're not alone in this process. None of us are ever alone, even if we feel like it. Yeah, and um, we're we're all going through this journey of becoming. Um, in, in learning how to, to be the best cultivators that we can be. Uh, so yes, that's a cool thing to be. Yeah. So what's yeah. next? I mean, Netflix documentary, I got to have that. <laughs> I, we got to hold, we're holding out for that, but what's next? What's next on your mission? Just going to book tour going, talking to people, keep yeah. the message out there, the whole yeah. nine yards. I love it. Yes. So I'm so. doing a lot of speaking engagements, um, where I am, um, really speaking about, Food and wellness. That's Good. been a, a topic of interest lately, and I am happy to see it. So great. Um, I love it. I'm your, yeah. you, you got it dialed in. Keep going. Now, can people, so off your website, can people find out where you're at, what you're doing? You put your speaking yes. dates up like that? Yes. So um, if you go onto Instagram or Facebook, I have my, um, like a bio link attached and I try to keep that updated with upcoming events. So these are just speaking engagements, but I'm out in the community. I work in the community garden efforts. I'm actually doing some stuff with churches right now. Um, I'm doing, of course, I'm in grad school right now. So right now I really want to understand, uh, the link of behavior change in nutrition and food and allowing gardening uh, as, as kind of this, the, the touch point yeah. that's got to be in there because it is the practical example of how to 
grow the things mm-hmm. that we need or, or get access to the things that we need. So research is heavy on me right now, but also helping uh, through health. Co- I do a, a lot of consulting through health coaching, um, especially with those with chronic diseases, helping them to understand, you know, what is, what does food look like for you? Yeah, and and how do it. we start to tailor that for your, for your own, um, for your own health and your wellness? Um, but yes, I'm really going to be looking into the practicality of, so we've grown this food. Yes. How do we begin to make food relevant to the individual? So yes, like, um, uh, if, sign if we, me up for yes, that discussion. Bro. Like, yes, because there's so much to explore, right? So how do we begin to make it personal? What is food person? Like, what is food look like on a personal level. Now mm-hmm. we can start to speak about the stories of, of food in various cultures, what it means to us, what it tastes like, watch it grow, really creating that, that uh, connection. For I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. Where, where can people get the book? Yes. Um, you can buy my book uh, from all major retailers online uh, at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, I think bookstore.org. Um, yeah, th- that's where you can get it. Um, and, and a lot of these, you know, you can check in person if you just kind of want to walk into a store. You can check in person at Barnes & Noble Books A Million, of course. Um, and also a bunch of independent bookstores have supported Good. the book uh, around the world. So I'm very thankful for that. I also welcome you guys to reach out and connect with me. Um, I love talking with people. Uh, we're a community. Uh, we are all in this together. So you can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or email on social media. It's the.mocha.gardener. And uh, my email is the.mocha.gardener at gmail.com. So I, I try to keep well, it simple. <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll post all that stuff for you. There's no two ways about it. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank I, you appreciate, so I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate your message. I appreciate where it comes from in your heart. I appreciate you wearing it you know, your, your morals and values on your shirt sleeve and talking about them and the why I think is incredibly important. So truly it's been an honor to have you here. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And um, I've learned a lot uh, from you and, and your passion. And I look forward to just seeing, you know, you're coming back. Yeah. You're coming back after yeah. grad school when you, you know, cause I, I got to keep track of you as you change the world. I have a hunch. It's going to be a good story to continue to tell. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us today and listening. We really appreciate you. I hope you go inspire somebody today the same way Ashley's inspired me. This book has inspired my team. This is a worthy read and it's worthy of your time. Go put a potted tomato on your front porch and do something with it and learn from it. I'm telling you, it's a gift from Mother Nature that'll pay you back in tenfold. I promise you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uplift somebody today, kids. It's how we're going to make the world a better place. Like I tell you all the time, go inspire somebody. It's incredibly important. Thank you for being here. Don't forget to check us out on social media, TLC underscore Todd Versations. Ashley, you know why I'm on social media? Where? I know I said, do you know why I'm on social media? No, why? Because cool because cool people like you are, and I want to be oh. hanging out with cool people. Anyways, oh, yeah. everybody, th- thanks for being here. We take care. <laughs> take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.